Welcome to My Life is a Junk Drawer with your host, me, Sue Mangum. This podcast is meant to help you clean out the junk in your heart, soul, body, and yes, junk drawer. Thanks for listening. Welcome back and welcome to part two with my friend Jennifer. If you have just stumbled upon my podcast, please go back and listen to the last episode because if you don't, you will not know what's going on. We abruptly ended part one and we are abruptly starting part two. Jennifer this week talks about her marriage and the depression her husband suffered and how he came through it. We talk about her kind and giving heart, especially with Loaves and Fishes, a food bank that she volunteers with and is very near and dear to her heart. We talk about her passion for food and her vegan lifestyle. And then we talk about this terrible disease, Alzheimer's, and how it has affected her dad. She is so vulnerable and she is so real when she talks about this. It's just fantastic. Also, I then begin blubbering like a fool as we talk about what our friendship means to one another and how she's been through the thick and thin with me and how she dropped everything in a moment when my life changed forever. I just got very emotional about it. Having a friendship like Jennifer's is a true treasure. And I want you to know that I didn't edit a lot out because of it. I wanted it just to be real and raw. Remember in West Virginia, remember the sound system isn't great. I hope you just love the content and Jennifer as much as I did. Here it is. So I talked to David, like I said, um, on our podcast last week. He was so open and, and honest and he talked about, you had actually told me that he had gone through kind of a depressive Um, time in his life about 10 years ago. And he told me his story. So will you tell me the story from from your perspective, the wife, maybe the caretaker, and what happened? Yeah, it'd be good to... I I haven't listened to his podcast, so I don't know his (laughs) version. We're we're recording back to back. Don't tell anybody. (laughs) Well, hopefully our stories will will align in some helpful (laughs) helpful and meaningful way. Uh, I mean, what's interesting is that that time of our lives... You know, I was really happy in my job. Our kids were doing well. He was in graduate school, changing careers, and was excited about that. And so uh, it seemed like on the surface, things Everything should be great. good and and we you know, should be really happy. And yet he um, started to really uh, fall into de- a, a pretty significant depression. And watching somebody who you love and... Um, you know, who is not, that's not who they've been for so long is, it was really surprising and and hard to wrap your head around. Yeah. Did it, was it kind of a slow gradual fall or was it, oh my gosh, what has gone, what, you know, did you run into the wall? It, you know, when I, when I think back about it, probably it was a slow gradual, but it felt pretty Sudden. sudden and, and, Partly, I think that's because, you know, you're, you have a family and you're moving along and things are just, you're busy. And then all of a sudden you're like, whoa, where did that come from? Right. And to see somebody that 
is you, you love so much struggling with something that is hard for you to, you know, take, take off of them is right. that you can't take off of them that it's and he said that he went really inward mm-hmm. did so he, did he kind of just shut down and become quiet yes and and if you've listened to the podcast you know <laughs> dave is not really known for his being quiet um yeah and so that that was actually one of the most challenging things because he um has he's known for being talkative and very social and for him to really um, both emotionally um, shut down and then verbally. So you, you saw the flat affect and just not talk about it and not be right active. I mean, he, everybody who knows David, he's, you know, outside hiking or he's you know, raking the lawn and he's doing, he's, oh, he's just <laughs> always, always he moves moves. A lot. <laughs> he's moving all the time. And for, for it to see him really just be on the couch and have a blanket and not, you know, not engaging with us and his children were, were really, um, it was just really difficult. Now I asked him this question that did he see it happening or did you see it happening? I, or that's a good did question. Did you have to approach him and say, what's going on? Or it's, I, I think, um, it's, it was one of those, um, things that you learn, of course, right. As a, like, um, as a counselor, you know how to support other people, but when it happens in your own life, yeah, you're like, "Tell me about I'm it." I'm not the most understanding person <laughs> with my partner, and and after a while of trying to be understanding, I just I didn't know what else to do, and I got really angry okay. at him to to try to get him to snap out <laughs> you know, of it, yeah. snap out of it, right? And and yet at the same time, in some ways, that di- like being being upset, I think kind of did help him like, wait a minute, like this, you're not usually, you don't yell at me that much, right, right, right. <laughs> but it, that he in some ways started to, to realize like something's not right here. Right. I have to do more. Right. And I think that was kind of start the start of him, right. You know, starting to talk to somebody right. and starting to be a little more active that yeah. slowly over, over time he started to come yeah. back he said out when of it. He found a really good therapist. Yes. So, and he said that he kind of went back and talked again about his childhood, which he had thought he had already gotten over. And so that was, he's like, it was weird because I thought I was already over it, you know? And I'm like, yeah, well, sometimes they, grief is like that. It kind of resurfaces here and there everywhere. Right. So, yeah, you think you've put things away and and yet they, they live on, you know, you're those, those powerful memories, they play a role in continuing to shape how you engage in life. Yeah. Well, good. I mean, I'm glad that he got through it. Um, is there any like, if there's a um, a wife out there maybe going through something that her husband is there anything that you could maybe tell her? I always hate to say advice. I don't know why, mm-hmm. but is there something that helped you mm-hmm. through that time that might help them? One of the things that I did and uh, that I think was really impactful was I talked to his family and had his family uh-huh. also call and check on him and. And see, you know, what they could do to, right. to support him. And, and so that you rallied was, the troops. Kinda. I rallied the troops. It's a, it's a great way to think about it. But in part, that was as much for him as it was for me too, though. Cause yeah. I, it's a, it's a difficult path yeah. and you think, well, we have so much to be thankful for. How can we be managing depression too? Like that yeah. doesn't, that doesn't equate. And, you know, we've seen so many other difficult paths for people. Why are we like, that's, do we really have the right to be in this place? And like, it's just where he's at. Yeah. And, right. And so trying to get over the, 
the idea that we should have it all right. together right. and figured yeah. out and that like, no, actually we need, we need help right now. Yeah. I need some help because my husband is depressed right. and that is difficult to manage with also two young children, but he needs help, a reminder of, you know, you're, you're not alone and right. we're in this path with you and right. having that extra layer of support, I think can, can help sometimes yeah. people see beyond their own fog. I agree because sometimes I think as a wife, too, you're like, I'm going to hide it or I'm going to do it all myself or I don't want to worry the parents or I don't want to worry kids. But really, rallying troops is it helps everybody yeah, because they want to know about it, too. Mm -hmm. You know, I think so. And, and, and if he had diabetes, you would talk about it, right? right? That's right. And depression has such a bad stigma. And, you know, the chemicals in the brain are the chemicals in the brain. He couldn't help it. So when I do, I um, I think we forget that um, people can feel helpless and being a helper can help them get over that. You know, that you get right. when, when you feel helpless and you don't feel like there's something you can do in a situation that can make it worse. It actually, you know, so when family members know somebody's struggling and you, you say, well, calling will help. Well, you know, talking with me helps. Well, doing these things help that people, you know, everybody, the whole system then starts to feel like they have some control again. And right. you, know, you start to think, okay, we, we can manage this. Yeah. Yeah. Well, I'm really glad he got help and he, uh, he said it just took a couple of months and he kind of yeah. did a little medication and then, Kind of got right back on track. So that's, yeah. that's encouraging to know that he didn't get stuck down there. Right. And he, you know, and it was work. I mean, that's the thing too, right? Yeah. It's not just, there's no, no magic bullet. There's no, no you know, magic cure that's going to come in. No, even with the therapist, he still had to yeah. do the hard yeah, he work. He has to do it. You couldn't and, fix him. We talked about it at lunch. So I like to fix everybody. I'm mm -hmm. going to fix you all. <laughs> My new motto is I can't fix you. You have to fix yourself. But I will walk by your side exactly. as you work and on that. I will that. give you the tools to help you. That's right. You're like one of the most giving people I know, especially of your time. You're always giving to food banks or doing a leukemia run or I can't think of all the other things. Tell me more about, I know you've talked a little bit about the beginning of the podcast about you've just always felt that like you had that kind of a heart. Tell me some of the things you've done and where, where, what are the things that maybe you like to do the best or mm -hmm. expand on it a little. I'm no saint. <laughs> I know that. <laughs> and sometimes I'm cranky about, you know, trying to do, you know, do what I think is Having right. Having to get up really, really early on a Saturday morning to <laughs> drive through the pouring rain to help these people. Yeah. And, um, and, and I say that very, I mean, I, it's half in jest, but half truth, which is, I think there's this, um, we, we think people who do helpful things have, love it, all the time. love it all the time and, you know, have the little halo and it's just who they are. It's just who they are. And, and, um, and maybe for some people that is true, but I think in general, my, my constant sort of mantra running the intentionality in my head is, is around first that with great privilege comes great responsibility. Right. And I, um, you know, I've been to some of the most challenged places in the world. Yeah. I've been to mo some of the most challenged places in the U S right. And, and to have that perspective and know how much privilege I have and how 
lucky I am to have been born where I was born, to the family I was born, the path and the resources, that that is part of what drives me to think I need to do what I can to try to change that trajectory for as many people as I can. And sometimes that's been really um, disjointed. Like it's like, oh, I'll do a random thing here and right. random thing here. But over the you know last you know years, I've tried to have that be more focused. Mm-hmm. One, obviously, in early childhood. So okay. really thinking about you know, what are the things we can do to help um, young children and the families that um, are taking care of them. And then, and then food in particular has become a, a huge, you know, driver in my, in my interest to, to try to, um, to try to make change. In part, we, you know, f- food has been such a huge part of my family. <laughs> I'm a it's Italian, your love language, isn't it? You know? It is my love it's language. It's the sixth language, the food language. <laughs> uh, you know, it's played such a role in my young family, but also with my, with my own children. And, you know, there's just so much around food. And, and as I have realized, you know, the, I mean, what we know is, of course, that you know, food drives our ability to function. Right. And, that uh, there's so much uh, food insecurity in the world and and way more in the U.S. than I think people right. even, even have any idea, even in some of the most wealthy places like where we live in Charlottesville. So I've also tried to raise awareness and and um, be a, an advocate. And now I'm on the board of our like, local food pantry, the Loaves and Fishes, who is they're doing amazing work both on the helping our neighbors in need with compassion. Okay. So that's the mission is really to right. provide food with compassion so okay. that you're actually meeting your other community members and, and you feel included and part of the group. And then the other thing they've done, they've worked so hard to do is bring in more of our local farmers and uh, some of the more um, uh, local uh, produce to, to help not just provide food, but provide high quality, you know, really rich food to, to really sustain folks. And so it's been, it's been great to be a part of that and, and see that change. It's amazing even because I live in a very affluent area too. And, but even in, within where I live in the county that I live in, there is, it's, I think it's called Grace's Table or mm-hmm. Grace's Kitchen, but the kids, because some kids go to school and they get the funded breakfast and they get the funded lunch and that is all they eat. So when they on the weekends, they very rarely eat and she, they do little bags for, for, of lunches or snacks for nice. weekend stuff. And you can go in there and bring granola bars and all that. But it just made me think that because I think sometimes we think, Oh, it's not close to us. We can't, what, what am I going to do here? And I mean, obviously I live in the Atlanta area. So there's, in the downtown right, Atlanta, in the, gra- the greater, there, the greater Atlanta, scheme of where yeah. I live, there is a lot of poverty and a right. lot of, you know, kids living on the street as a whole. We can't imagine that a kid eats lunch on Friday mm-hmm. and then may not eat again. Or, I mean, I'm sure they might eat this or that, but not a meal again until Monday morning. Right. It's cr- oh, so. Well, and I think there's, there's a couple things about that that's really important to think about too, which is, um, you know, it's another, we were talking about depression being one of, you know, that, that people hide. Okay. Uh, that, right. Okay. Uh, food insecurity is one that people hide and you, you see people working 
Ninety um, percent of the people who come to Loaves and Fishes are employed, and they just and, can't and make there's them. just that they don't have enough. I mean, there's just not enough money wow. to provide the food. And if you, you know, one of the things. So for um, in our country, for a family of four. Um, about $26,000 is the poverty line. So so if you think $26,000 for the year for a family of four is the poverty line, one in four children live below that. Wow. Yeah, think about trying to pay. 26000 is not right, very like, much money at all. <laughs> you know, the, the, yeah. you know the, the economists say double that is about what you need for your basic needs. And if we, so if we say, okay, <laughs> double that, then it, it's, now we're we're still ta- we're now we're talking about forty five percent of children live under that. So oh you're there's so there's wow. it's yeah. it's it's everywhere. Yeah, it, it's it's everywhere. Even in the communities where you think people have enough money, um, there that's also that's often covered up. So by what is it called again? Food insecurity. Food insecurity, and that just means you don't have enough. That you you basically you're you don't feel like you have enough money to be able to provide the food you need. Okay. So will you tell me just a little bit what is called loaves loaves and fishes? Okay. So do you get to like go in there and shop? Like is it a little? Here's my ticket and I can go get this and this and this. Or how does it work? Yeah. Uh, loaves and fishes was started um, in the early 2000s uh, by this man named Jerry who is one of the most incredible men you'll ever have the pleasure of meeting. And he faced food insecurity as a kid. Oh, okay. And he has done very well. Mm-hmm. And he his vision was to not ever let anyone in the community have that same feeling. And what started you know, out of a church in uh, the early 2000s has now moved to um, a nonprofit that has, we have our, our own site. Wow. And this huge warehouse. Okay. And that it used to be um, that people would get, a, you know, based on how many people were in their family, they'd get a, a box of food. And that was, you know, you could take it or not take it. But that's really how right, the, right, the model right, okay, worked. Right. You'd have your peas and your that's beans right, and that's your right. bread and your peanut butter and jelly and that's your right. macaroni and cheese. And here's your. That's right. Okay. And so what we've learned over time is that, you know, part of part of the difficulty with food insecurity uh, is that not just that you don't have enough food, but you feel um, less than and um, you have limited choices in your life. And so we um, started a, a, to change the model to having people be able to come in and make choices about what they got. And they would go through, so they go, so they come in, they, um, they meet with an intake worker to get their information and then come once a month. Okay. Doesn't matter what you make. If you, if you make above a certain amount, there's certain foods you can't get because okay. of, uh, the government, uh, the USDA restrictions on that. But anybody who comes and says, I need food, you will get food. Wow. And, That's incredible. Um, so you log it, you sign in, and then you go through with what's called a client guide, which is a volunteer. And you go through each place where we have meats and cans of stuff and pastas and the fresh fruits and vegetables and whatever else we've had donated. And people have choices. And so if they want, you know, out of the three different types of meats, whichever one they want, they can choose. And if they don't want the beans this time, they don't have to get them. And it's been such a beautiful shift, right. both from the choice, but also the opportunity for the client guide and um, the, is, the customer uh, to be able to shop together. Just and giving them just a little bit of control. Back. That's right. 
That's right. That's so cool. Yeah. So I just, I love, I love the the whole idea of how it works. And maybe one time I can come up and and, and volunteer with you and meet Jerry. I would love to meet Jerry. Oh, that'd be great. That'd be great. Cool guy. Kim Paisley. Brad Paisley's wife does something like that in Nashville. I think oh, wow. I heard her oh, on a wow. podcast and uh-huh. talked about how just giving them that a little bit of control, a little bit of power of choosing what they can have. That's right. It's a huge way. That's it's right. just, just that little self-confidence. So I think that's amazing. Since we're talking about food and all of that, tell me, this is my friend Jennifer the Vegan. <laughs> Whole Foods plant-based. Whole Foods plant-based. <laughs> Apparently, that's different than regular vegan. Well, I guess Oreos so. are vegan. Okay. So I'm not an Oreo vegan. Okay. <laughs> Though I have been known to eat Oreos in the past, but that's the Though difference. She might uh, eat one every now and again. <laughs> it's not your daily diet. That's right. Um, tell me how, how kind of this developed. We've off and on have been vegetarian. Actually, you were the one who introduced for me to vegetarian. Pescatorian to be more specific. For- but way back when, yeah, when yeah. we started back in, uh, when we were friends back in yeah. high school, you were the one, you were the one of the That's first people friend. I knew that it was a vegetarian. So <laughs> I actually had, had off and on had been a vegetarian for the many decades. And then my daughter's of, uh, a few years ago, um, for reasons of, you know, the, the, as they like to call them, the trifecta of, of becoming vegan of, for health, for environment, and for ethics that, yeah. that they're, you know, from their perspective and doing research in, um, the, in this area that, that they felt like for those reasons, they really wanted to try to limit all animal products, but also really work towards having less processed food, more whole grains and, uh, and natural food. And, and so I said, okay, but we're, you all are going to have to help out with this. Yeah. <laughs> and together we, we've just really gone on that journey and they've helped me get closer and closer to thinking I could do this. And then I, for now over a year have, and it's, I'm not perfect and I'm not trying to be perfect. Right. It's, it's more about, I feel like, a lifestyle of trying to do good for my body and the earth <laughs> and <Okay>. the animals. <laughs> okay. Which is a trifecta too, <laughs> That's right. right. That's right. <laughs> I asked you this last night, I think. Do you notice a change? Do you feel different? I I feel really good. And in part, I feel good about the um, the other parts of it, which is, I feel like I'm supporting our local farmers more, you know, more regularly by the things that I'm trying to, to buy. I, uh, you know, really reduced packaging stuff and, you know, all the, you know, I, I get my grains and my lentils you yeah. know, from the bulk bed, yeah. you know, so, so I think those things are, are really. And you've always too. had a stance, I think, on just trying to do better in the environment. Definitely. I mean, you've called me out a couple of times when I need to be called out. <laughs> in a nice but, way, I hope. No, yeah, yeah. <laughs> but my daughter Libby is now a vegan too. And she, and, and I was like, okay. Cause she, and she kind of went gradual, took out the red meat. She never was a big dairy eater. And then all of a sudden one day she's like, I think I'm just going to try being a vegan. And it just, it was like a light bulb for her yeah. went off. And she says, she says she feels a lot better, but mm-hmm. she's also pretty whole food plant based. Uh huh. Because she cannot eat the Oreo, she has uh-huh. a, a flavoring allergy that she can't eat any artificial flavorings, or she has um allergic reaction and asthma. But it's kind of 
a, a food almost security for her now. She really loves it. She explores. She eats new things that she would have never tried. She was my pickiest eater of all of my kids. So, and I know you've had Good fun. Good for you, Libby. I'm so <laughs> proud of you. Girl, you got to talk to my daughters and you got to <laughs> yeah. catch up, share some recipes. Yeah. yeah. And you've kind of enjoyed the same thing, just exploring, Definitely. making. Make, I mean, I think you made that cashew uh, cheese cashew dip salsa. without nutritional yeast <laughs> that I now have. See, Dude, now it's you know. way better with the nutritional I yeast. I knew you would like the nutritional yes. yeast. Yeah. She made a, like a carrot hummus. It was so good. Roasted, I could get it out in a minute. carrot sriracha hummus. Um, yeah, yes. so... It's, um, I just think it's cool. I, I love, I love food too. I'm like, I'm a foodie. I'm obsessed with food. I love it all. Unfortunately, all kinds, but I, I just, I'm enthralled when someone really kind of finds something that's so powerful or so them. Like it just was that. So I was Libby and I feel like your girls have kind of mm-hmm. fallen into that too. Well, I, I think so too. And I think in, you, know, you and I are talking about you know, Libby's path with this. And, and I think it's very similar to my girls where they felt like it was a way they could, yeah. you know, ex- take control over some of their yeah. moral beliefs and, you know, and, and their health and like, and their love for cooking and right. put all these things together in a way that they felt was good for them. Yeah. And, and, and I'm she, glad to hear she's feeling good. She's and, very like compared, like I just think of a year ago where we use plastic baggies all the time. Now we just, she has the same Tupperware. We wash it out and that's where she puts her lunch because she has to make her lunch every that's single right. day that's or right. the water bottles. I mean, I'm not going to tell you that I never drink water and, and, but I'm much more aware of it now. And I, you know, we have a Brita water filter and so uh-huh. we do a lot. We're, we are not, we are far from perfect, but it, <laughs> she holds me a little accountable too. And I, I, I like to help awesome. support her. So I'm that's like, great. well, you know, having less plastic bottles is not going to ever be a bad thing. Right. Exactly. So. And that's, I think, you know, the, the, you know, what we, you, you have to, for, there's so many things happening all the time around us. Right. You, you actually make about 30,000 yeah, decisions a day. day. Yeah. I heard that. Yeah. I was, I was exhausted when I heard I'm just that. thinking about it. Right. Yeah. So you can't be aware of everything happening all the time because of that. So right. just once you then become aware, then you can be more intentional right. about it. And I think that's the best thing. When you, you know can do. better, you can, you do, can do better. better. Yeah. <laughs> I did the best I could. Now, now you know now better. Now you know you better. Can that's do better. Right. I like it. Uh, all right. Is there any, what's your favorite vegan thing? Oh, you just told me the the um, crab cake or the, the oh, faux crab cake. That's, yes. My, your new, favorite. my new favorite thing is I, f- I have finally figured out how to make the faux crab Can you imagine a crab cake <laughs> made crab out cake. of, I want her to make it for With you. heart of palm, I will definitely make okay. it for you. With heart of palm and with mayonnaise I made myself. Oh my gosh. Last week. I was so proud of that. I, I'm and, so impressed. But that that is the other thing I think you were talking about why, like I love the food part of it, but it's, it's it's a kind of a fun creative outlet now too where right. i feel like i'm i'm you know being able to try new things in yeah. ways that stimulate that part yeah. of my brain it's so good. that's fun too yeah and it's funny cuz there's some failures along the way yep. sometimes i'm like oh that was not so good but Libby's Libby is on a quest to make a meal for everyone. Cause all right, so my two other boys like could be as far north as she is south or uh-huh. whatever, you know, and <laughs> antagonize her. And she's like, I'm gonna make a meal and they're not gonna know the difference, you know. With the That's with the so Beyond cute. Burger and the uh-huh. whatever. We haven't gotten there yet, but I'm like, all right, that'll be fun to do. Well, you know. CJ yeah. liked the Beyond, Bur- the Beyond Burger sausage last night. I know. So. And so did Katie. I'm like, it's crazy. It's crazy. <laughs> We've been giggling a lot. We're going to take a deep breath. We're going to have a sip of water. <laughs> 
because now we're going to talk about something. And I'm first of all, I'm really, really thankful that you're going to talk about this because so many of my friends, myself, a little bit personally, I see it is happening and we might both start crying. Jennifer's dad is um, in the stages of dementia and she has really gotten involved in helping with his care. You kind of just go ahead and talk a little bit about what's going on with your dad and how it started and how it's progressing and how terrible it is. <laughs> I'll do my best to not cry my way through this and uh, might laugh inappropriately as a as a coping mechanism. Yes, to, I do that to too. Talk. <laughs> yes. I, I just want to talk about my dad for a minute okay. before we yes. even talk about well, his now you're gonna um, make me cry. illness. My voice will be a little shaky as I talk about it, but he has just been such an amazing person in my life and has made me so much of who I am. And I'm so thankful for that. Yeah. And I'm thankful that he was so present with our girls when they were younger. We actually went camping with them multiple times in uh, out west. And uh, I have all these great pictures and memories of us uh, hiking in different places. And, uh, and that really, I think, is part of who he will always be to me is this adventurer. Right. And risk taker and uh you know laughter and and enjoying life yeah and just really caring about people around him and wanting the best for them and i have certainly felt that my whole life with him and so when he started about five years ago starting to decline it was a little bit unbelievable like you thought you know it's just because he's retired and he is a rough patch and he's just not stimulated enough and you know he just needs to get out more and you know we so you know we went to the doctor with him just like okay well you know he's definitely showing some cognitive decline and Mm -hmm. Here are some activities you can do, crossword puzzles and other puzzles. And so we spent, you know, lots of time and energy thinking about, okay, let's, you know, try. I got a puzzle made for him with his dog, a picture of his dogs. (laughs) And it was so cute. And I thought, yeah, like this is going to be the thing that, you know, helps him stay, you know, sharp and, and, uh, all of who he is. He never opened that puzzle. He, you know, didn't do the crossword puzzles and he didn't do the kinds of activities that doctor was really, you know, encouraging him to do. Was he because he just didn't think it was happening, being stubborn or just didn't care? It's a great question. I I, I think he probably was in some denial about it, too. Right. And Don't think, treat me like, like this. I, you know, give me a break. Like, right. what do I need to do a crossword puzzle for? I haven't done it for seven years. I'm not doing right. them now. And and it actually is a good example, I think, of, of the grief that happens when somebody's alive, too, mm-hmm. which is like, we're angry about it. Like, right. wait, come on, like, you got to do something here. Yeah. <laughs> uh, and, and real, but realizing, you know, it's his journey, too. And right. he, he wasn't interested in doing some of those things. And I think now, looking back, probably it had more to do with, he was probably more declining, then we, we probably realized. realized and 
that probably was more stress potentially. I'm I'm projecting my feelings onto my interpretation right. onto right. it. But I think he it's likely he was more frustrated by that than than potentially benefited gotcha. from it. And right. and so it just wasn't that's what the, he right. was gonna spend right. his time. Maybe he opened the crossword puzzle and realized he really couldn't do it. That, yeah. So then he's like, I'm not doing that. That's stupid. right. So that, and, and I, and I think that, you know, those are the kinds of things that, that continued on the past. So then the crossword puzzle went away and then the, you know, some of the other things we might have been doing or, you know, right. You didn't really realize. Yeah. And so, you know, when we, you know, went back to the doctor and, and to have his checkup and she said, you know, He's declined more and you're really, you know, the path you're on now is now considered Alzheimer's. It's, wow. you know, he, he is in that stage now and, and, uh, we'll continue to see progression. And, and I think really when that word came into the, <laughs> to the conversation, word, yeah. uh, then everyone was like, Oh, this is real. This is real. This is not. The, yeah. This is this is really where we are, and there there's no going back. Right. You know, maybe we can figure out some. Maybe there's there are some new medicines right, for Alzheimer's right. that can try to slow progression, but that where we are now is never going to get better. Right, and all we can kind of hope for is to slow down the getting worse. Oh gosh! So I'm sure there was a lot of tears. Yeah, it and it's been. I mean, that's. It's been a couple of years since we had that last meeting, and it's the you know the ongoing grief and and watching both the the person somebody you love slowly go away, right? And also you know watching especially my mom who you know they've been to you know they've yeah. over fifty six years, wow. yeah, and to watch how that that relationship changes and shifts with you know now you know you go you've gone from you know being taken care of <laughs> by oh, yeah. my dad yeah. to now having to be the caretaker and do it in ways that you probably never thought you'd have to yeah you know and and in big ways and small ways and in having to send you know to have the 10th reminder to take the pills and where the pills are right. um, to having to, you know, help with putting on a jacket. Cause you can't remember how to do that oh, wow. and yeah. where the bathroom is in the house, you know, things that, that um, you just have taken for granted for a long time as part of our way we engage right. with each other. Wow. All right. Deep breath. Um, is he on, is, has any of the medicine helped? Has it slowed he, it? Or? Um, it's hard to tell. He 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 doesn't seem to be slowing down. Okay. I mean, the progression continues it's, to it's, to be very evident. Okay. And and one of the uh, things that my dad my dad was in an insurance and he had the long term health insurance plan for them uh, put in place many many years ago. For exactly this reason that he never, you know, he watched his, you know, family members go into nursing homes and, and he said, I never want that. And so we will have the kind of care that will let us be at home and 
So we're in the midst of doing that. And that is its own struggle. Um, because that sounds really good in, right. in theory. In theory, yeah. <laughs> uh, and, and yet it just adds a lot to, um, to the home and, and, and also limits some things of, you know, and there's, there's uh, real advantages to getting out of the house, being around other people, right. other activities, right. other support people in place. Right. right. And, and, you know, other places offer that. Right. Uh, and, and so, you know, that, the not, you know, there's other ways to do that with somebody in the home, but it's just a more difficult right. thing right. to make, to bring to life. Right. Right. Overall, is his other health okay? Sometimes it's so difficult because mm-hmm. they're healthy other than their mind. And so then that's mm-hmm. even more frustrating almost. It's, it's hard to know what, because part of the Alzheimer's is, is other things start to fail too. Okay. Okay. And also part of Alzheimer's is a tendency to start to perseverate on things that, you know, so you stay focused on okay. some one little one thing. thing that bothers you. And it's hard to know, is that okay. just the part of the Alzheimer's that you're okay. focused on this pain in your stomach Okay, and it's, it's really, you're focused on it. It, it feels something for you, but there's not something else going on that you need to treat versus, right. oh, actually there is something else. So I think that's kind of where the, the struggle is right now a little bit with the trying to make sure, you know, you're providing care right. for the things that need some attention, right, right. but um, not, not going on wild goose chases. That's too. right. It's almost, it's just every time you go, do you feel like it's a, he's a little further away? Yeah. I mean, there's a couple of things that you said there that I, yeah. First of all, my, I mean, I, I go as much as I can. It's never enough, right? right it feels right. like they're you know, in Florida and you're in they're Virginia. They're in Florida and I'm in Virginia. And, and this is one of the really, you know, difficult parts of living Part away of because I, you know, I, I would, there's a lot of guilt right. for not being there. <laughs> so even though I go as regularly as I can, it just never feels like it's enough. And uh, watching my mom have to deal with such a difficult thing um, is, is your dad really angry hard. Or is he, is, is he still a sweet know, guy? He's, or he's not. He just uh, gets frustrated easy. He, he did, I think, earlier on. He had some more frustration with okay. it. but. He mostly is his positive, um, happy-go-lucky self. And when he and I are able to, uh, when I, whenever I go, we go for a walk or I take him out to eat and we do, and he's just, it's not, he's not very clear. Okay. And his thinking is confused. Right. Yet he's still will laugh and <laughs> right right and and he you know he knows me and he knows the girls and so he'll ask you know he can ask some questions okay. about that so can he and this is just me you can say i don't want to talk about it but so you take him out to to lunch can he read the menu and know what he wants or do you help no no, okay. no so you know yeah. well dad i know you want to would you like a hamburger we'll that's order right. you a hamburger yes and so that's where and helping and and so if we go out mm-hmm. You, I will, we, we will order for him. We will help him order, okay. make sure he wants, he gets what he wants and help cut the food. And, you know, okay. that, uh, so he and is not because, able to. And I know even in, if you're in a really good memory care, they can forget to eat. Right? Correct. Yes. Because yeah. 
is there appetite? The, bo- both things that, okay. that the, the appetite, t- the tastes change, appetites change. Oh. And, and is that all neurological? S- it's a good question. I don't, I okay. don't know the answer to I'm that. I'm just asking so yeah, many questions just, because I just think there's so many people out there. We just don't know that much about it. So yeah. really you can stop me at any time. No. So. And okay. I, and I will tell you what I, what I know yeah. and what I don't know. <laughs> right. <laughs> and I might have to do a little research. And I notice like, for example, he, so flavors think he needs much more like high fatty food because his body is, is it's metabolism is high. He's just losing weight at a, at a much more rapid weight, a a much more rapid pace. And so some of it's not, he doesn't eat as much. Okay. And then some is, I just think his body, you know, it just metabolizes differently and what it's needs are interesting. Um, I have a really close friend who's, it'd be, it would be an in-law. And she's pretty aggressive. And they had, she had gone down to like 98 pounds. Oh, wow. And they got really upset with the facility. They're uh-huh. like, you're not feeding her. And they're like, kind of some sort of said that too. They're like, no, we're feeding her. She's just, I don't know if it's a metabolism thing or what, but they yeah. just, she's up a little bit. But they were like, oh my gosh, she's 98 pounds. Yeah. Well, and it happens. I mean, I noticed with my dad too, his, so for example, he doesn't, move much so you know you're so his muscle mass has really gone right too and so if you don't have yeah. much muscle yeah. you don't you know you're like it just, other, just all the all. things connected yeah. in that way and and so he you know, he so he doesn't you know he doesn't need to eat as much because he does he's not his body doesn't have as much muscle to take care of but then other systems are starting to shut down okay. and so so i think it's just they all, you know, all of intertwined. it is intertwined yeah wow is there anything that you're i taking forward to make positive out of this what are you learning i know you're still in the deeps of it so right now <laughs> yeah. you might say so i haven't learned it gosh darn thing and i wanted to be much ruder on here but it's it's less about what i'm learning and just a reminder of life is precious. And, um, you know, one of the things that I, that I walked away with from working with so many kids with chronic illness and, and losing so many kids and, and having to say goodbye to so many that, that you don't, you, we really don't know when our last moment is with somebody and just to be conscious of that and and take advantage of the moment and the connection you have and i try to do that with him and yeah and feel like we you know we have the time together and i want him to remember that i love him and and i can feel that yeah that and i know that i'm sure it helps your mom even if it's a couple of days here i know that you know she you're her rock too you know and i just i loved how you present it. I love that you introduced your dad, how your dad is. And then because it, it, your grieving process is all almost already started. Mm-hmm. I mean, not that it's going to be any right. easier when he goes, but they do change and it's hard. Mm-hmm. And I, I, I know it's hard. So, um, I want to give a shout out to my mom yeah. though too, which is, and I, I think and, and all anybody, yeah, so I was just going to say anybody, yeah. you know, that, that, caretaking is one of the hardest things <laughs> and you you know you never give yourself enough credit for the things you're doing and 
recognition of the hard work that it is. And there are, we've had many conversations about, you know, how to try to be more supportive of my dad, where he is with his illness at the same time, remembering she has to take care of herself. And one of the things she's done, which I'm so proud of her, which is she has started going to a support group. Oh, she good. reached out to somebody from the support group to have build a relationship good. with her. Her husband also has Alzheimer's and, and, and is, is volunteering herself now more. So she's, she's, she's been volunteering she's too. She, I know, I think in the middle bit, she was kind of shell shocked too, probably. Right. right? Yeah. yeah. So I'm really glad to hear that. that yeah. Yeah, I think she's going to the gym again. Fine. I mean, you don't have to have a a lot. If you can even just find one person that she can really talk about that, because we don't, we can't understand completely what she does. And I just remember being just being a widow when I found Nikki or Heather. It was like, oh my god, they get it on such a level that it wasn't like you couldn't. I mean, I knew how much you cared, but you just I couldn't understand. You couldn't understand that. I was like, why are you so angry? I'm just am because this happened, and they could just so. That your mom has found that or anybody. I mean, that's, right. that's what I would say to people. Again, don't, don't do it alone. You know, don't, you don't have to suffer alone mm-hmm. because when we're together, sometimes it makes it more bearable. And, you know, you know, that's in a bad, bad situation. You want it mm-hmm. to be, you're going to be able to lean on people and help. Well, and I, I, there's clearly a theme across <laughs> some of our stories we've talked through. Oh my gosh. Do you think? This uh, is definitely going to be a two part series. So this is probably part two right now. Um, I don't know how I'm going to splice it all together. <laughs> but one of the things that she's doing that I think is a good, a good reminder to us all is she's not just thinking one thing is going to be the support. That yeah, that she is, is great. She's doing a little bit doing of a, a lot. lot a, you know, that she's going to the gym, gym. now. She's volunteering. She's yeah. now going to the support group. She has this friend she's doing stuff with. Yeah. She's going for a, a walk in the neighborhood more often. And so that the cluster of supports uh, together are, are really, yes, yes. You know, that they, they rise up and go out more. Yeah. And so when you are having a difficult day, you know, if you don't have one of your coping skills available to you you have some other ones and and you can pull on those yeah that's so true so yes i i just my heart goes out to your family and and every there's so many people going through it so many people and obviously i think it's made you far more empathetic to others going through that or to your mom or to your dad you're like oh my i I, that's what i i because i sometimes get very frustrated because I'm not a good caretaker. <laughs> now, do we need to revisit know, what we yeah, just said? I know, I know, but it is. It, and I, so I, I can't do it on your mom as uh, with a, with a, a spouse, but um, just caretaking because my mom, when my mom lived with me, it is, it, it becomes sometimes you, if you don't take care of yourself, you can't take care of it. It's the oxygen right. mask, you know? That's right. So I had to go to the gym and I had to go, you know, to lunch with my friends and definitely had lots of different outlets because it can, it is, it's a lot of work. And the, the empathy we need to give to others, we have to start with ourselves. Like we have right. to be understanding of our humanity yeah. and our, you know, best efforts are going to be flawed sometimes and that going towards support is the best we can do, even if it's awkward and hard. And I yell sometimes and say the wrong thing, but that 
you're trying, right? And, and that's something. Yes. We could go on and on. I do want to end with something, and I'm going to try not to cry about it because I thought of a really important memory. Jennifer has meant a lot in my life for a really long time. We're the kind of friends that we've known each other for decades. We can go for months and months without speaking. She gave me something that sits in my bathroom every day, and it says, very rarely is there a day that I don't ever think about you. And every day I see that, and I get to think about you. We're true Seminole fans. We've been through <laughs> the highs and the lows. We love Bobby Bowden. We talk about so many things, and I'm going to try not to cry. But um, when Mike died, I remember, I don't I think Ann called you, and then I think you called me, and you're like, I'm trying to figure it out. I'm trying to get down there. And she goes, would you, would you rather me come now and, or come later? And I don't know. Somehow you just jumped in your car and you drove nine hours. And I think you spent 36 hours at my house just to be there for the funeral. You know, I have to give grace to myself because I think about time. Um, sorry, everyone. I didn't mean to get emotional, but I thought when Mike died, I was in such shock. And my parents came. And I, you know, I tried to take care of my kids, and it was really hard those days. Um, so my parents had me at the funeral, and you had little Libby, who was yep. five. And I just remember looking back at you and her, and really the sacrifice that you made to come down made a huge impact in my life, as it does every day. I don't know why I went so emotional about that, but I wanted to just express my thankfulness that you're in my life, and I know you're not perfect. She always says that. <laughs> I think she thinks I put her on a pedestal, and I, but I just I aspire to be like you because you do. You take the good with the bad. You laugh. We're so sarcastic together. <laughs> Um, but to have a friend, and we are crying through this, of yeah. course, y'all know. <laughs> um, we just go back and forth, and it's um, it's a super special kind of relationship and friendship, and um, I'm very thankful for it. So, uh, I um, I'm thankful for t- for it too. And one of the things you know that you teach me through your life is to you know to to lead with grace and humility. I mean, you just you just pick up. And you, and you just got, you're like, okay, well, we're gonna, we're gonna do today. <laughs> and then she came, you came also down when Nikki died. I did. Yeah. She's, yeah. um, you're, you're, I know there'll come a time where I'll just pick up a phone and I'll drive nine hours and be there for you too. Just always know that because I know you're strong, but, but, uh, I, I, I'm your person. I can be your person. And well, sometimes, you, I mean, we're in two roles. You're either, the one who needs help or you should be the helper. Right. right. And because oh, yeah. all of us are going to have times in our life where we, you know, need. we, we need someone right. and none of us will escape right. that. And, and so the, you know, the fact that I could yeah. be there for you in in some really difficult times, uh, I, I'm, and that you saw that as a support is um, meaningful to me that, you know, you felt that, but, I wouldn't want to do it any other way. And <laughs> that when things happen, people feel helpless. Yes. And sometimes just being there is one of the best answers. Yeah, it you know, is. You one don't of have the best to solve supports. the problems. Right. Um, just hold a little girl's hand or mm-hmm. help put together a picture presentation. All right, we just can't. We can't leave without the two. <laughs> I ha- this is my. Uh, this is my motto. I have to do it. Um, and uh, now that. We're at the end. 
Is there anything in your heart, your soul, or your junk drawer that you're trying to work on personally? Of course, I knew you were going to ask me these questions because <laughs> of I've listened to your podcast and I know that. And this one, we're, we're crying. I know. We're I'm, like, I'm, like, like, I'm not sure. Nothing like a good uh, uh, switch, real quick. Uh, but yeah. the the funny thing is, is that my answer, at least to this to this one, probably will make me cry more. But it is the that I I I think my answer is oh, you know, questioning: Have I done enough? Yeah. You know, have I have I done enough? And will I be okay of saying, like, I did enough at the end? Yeah. I think you have. <laughs> <laughs> so that's the one I'm working okay. on all, right. all the time. All right. I think that you give your, I think you don't give yourself enough credit. That's what I would say. You need, you need to say, I did a pretty good job over there. All right. So um, after what your husband said last week, I'm not, I'm not sure that I want to know what the weird, no, I'm just kidding. Oh, no. Did he get some family secrets away? <laughs> um, what is the funniest or weirdest thing that you found in your uh, your actual junk drawer or closet? Oh, so this will... Um... This will make my my crying tears go to laughter tears. <laughs> my very first trip to Kyrgyzstan, where I went on a flight for 30 hours to a place I don't know the language, where I was meeting people I had no idea who they were, and thought, this is one of the most bravest and scariest thing I've ever done in my life. Okay. <laughs> and... I check into my hotel, which I've managed to get to. Right. Um, I was very proud of myself. And I open the closet and there is a gas mask. Oh in my God. The closet. <laughs> and the tag on it says, use in case of emergency in oh. English. And I thought, where am I? And what am I doing here? I, I don't know how to get home now. I thought, Oh okay, so that is what came to mind. Oh my gosh, yeah, that is terrifying. You're like, oh my god, what have I done? <laughs> oh my gosh. All right, well, we have like run the gamut of laughter and tears and anger and all kinds of camaraderie. So uh, I just can't thank you enough for spending this time with me and my listeners. Like I said, you're you're the best. So thank you. You are. <laughs> And I, I've loved this just as a, an, another excuse to sit and talk with you and yeah. have so much fun to just laugh and cry our way through our 30-plus oh. years together. Together. Oh, my gosh. All right, everyone. I will see you next week. Bye-bye. Thanks again for listening. Hey, if you like what you heard, if you would give me a review, that would be fabulous. The more reviews I get, the higher I get, the more people can listen to me and find me. Oh, by the way, you can find me at mylifeisajunkdrawer.com or on Facebook at mylifeisajunkdrawer. On Instagram, it's Sue C. Mangum. You can leave questions, concerns, anything, and I'll be sure to get back with you. Hope to hear from you soon.